This episode is supported by Jace Medical. You may or may not know that in December, drug shortages across the U.S. hit a record high. This is causing severe disruptions in medical treatments, resulting in delays, treatment cancellations, and the unfortunate rationing of vital medications. I know that I have heard in the last few months from multiple mom friends of mine, instances where they have not been able to get medications for themselves or for their children in critical crisis moments. This is so, so scary. I know I've had friends with their kids having seasonal flu cold symptoms, struggling to breathe, and they're at urgent care and unable to get the antibiotics that they need because of these shortages. This is scary stuff. Most notably, one of the short supply antibiotics is amoxicillin, which is commonly used for so many of our children's illnesses. So here's where Jace Medical comes in. They have the Jace case, which is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that are used for the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your or your children's family's unique needs, like an EpiPen, for example, something that you would never want to be without, would never want to have to run from pharmacy to pharmacy in pursuit of. So if you want to go get these medications and have your antibiotics on supply so that you always have them when you need them in case of an emergency, in case of a disaster, in case of being a, you know, a victim of this drug shortage, Jace Medical will have you covered. All you need to do is go to jacemedical.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code SHAMELESS at jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical.com, jacemedical.com, code SHAMELESS. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 634. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 634. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. I'm recording this a few days in advance of when you're going to hear it. And it's sunny out and it's almost four o'clock and it feels like a hint of spring, which is like, oh, it's like a really lovely exhale (laughs) when like you start to feel a little more light, a little more sun, like maybe we're going to make it through the darkness of the winter. It feels really good. So I hope that wherever you are at, um, there's been a little glimmer of sun today, whether that is literal sun or maybe figurative sun. I hope that there's been a little bit of light in your day, or perhaps this is the light in your day, and I'm so honored if it is, and I will do my very best to make it light that holds you in warmth for sure. So we're going to talk today about self-worth and struggling with self-worth. This is probably one of the very top things that folks talk to me about when they reach out or when they let me know what they're really struggling with when they first become listeners of the Shameless Mom Academy or join us in one of our communities, whether it's joining us in our membership community of Momentum Mamas or in my business mastermind community for my small business owners over in Tenacious Mamas. I have a lot, a lot of listeners, community members who struggle with self-worth and It's because it's real confusing to be a woman (laughs) and even more confusing to be a mom because we are constantly internalizing so many messages that are often at odds with 
who we are with like how we show up in the world, how we want to show up in the world, how culture pits us against one another. So many belief systems that tear down our self-worth over and over and over again every single day. So it's a lot to be working against. And then when you throw in just like the natural dynamics of motherhood and trying to build a career or manage a career or trying to navigate a marriage or a hard relationship somewhere in your life, all of that can call so much into question as it relates to self-worth. So we're going to dig into self-worth today. And I want this to be kind of a beginning point for you where you can start to recognize some things and then from there take action. So we're going to talk through five different ways that you can start to rectify your relationship with your self-worth. I will say that this is not like a one and done kind of thing. This is not like take these five steps and you'll be healed. Because the thing about navigating and improving self-worth is that it typically has been torn down over time and repeatedly, 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 where It's not going to be something that can be fixed in one fell swoop. And there's a lot of things that can be band-aids, but they're just that. Like they're band-aids that don't necessarily heal the wound. They might just cover like a bit of a scab for a while. And then that scab gets pulled off again and you find that you're back at the same place. So my hope here today is that we can really kind of get to some underlying healing and underlying components of a wound and allow us to start healing a bit from the inside out so that you can get some foundational work done on your self-worth that can really over time stick with you versus just something that can hold for a short amount of time that is going to end you up landing back in the same place that you were in before where you're struggling with self-worth in the same ways that maybe you have been for years, if not decades. So the first thing I want you to do if you are struggling with self-worth is I want you to look at the conversations that happen in your head and the thought patterns that happen in your head, because it is very likely if you struggle with self-worth that there are negative thought patterns that have been your default or become your default. So sometimes these are negative thought patterns that have been repeating themselves on a relentless loop our entire lives. And sometimes there are thought patterns that come of a certain situation that we then carry with us a lot of times subconsciously after a certain event for a long time. So let me give a couple of examples of what I'm talking about. So a thought pattern that you might have that you've carried with you forever might have to do with body image. So you might have negative thought patterns around what your body looks like or what a woman's body should look like where you're, you for as long as you can remember have just said negative things to yourself about your body and about how you take care of your body or about what your body looks like or about what your body looks like relative to other women. That's really common. That's a very common lifelong negative thought pattern or thought loop that women get stuck in because of the nature of diet culture and how insidious it is and how pervasive it is across our lifespan. So you might have negative thought patterns if you've carried around your body image for as long as you can possibly remember. So you might be able to recognize some of that right away. And I'm sure a whole bunch of you were like, oh yeah, like every time I look in the mirror, there's this thing that I do or say or notice that like really doesn't serve me. Now it could be more situational negative thought pattern. So maybe you're going through a divorce. And I'm saying this because I know a number of our listeners are in this situation right now where our relationship is shifting and it's a really hard, sticky shift. And maybe it's a shift that you didn't see coming. Maybe it's a shift that you are holding a lot of feelings around. And maybe there's some things that you're saying to yourself around that, like, oh, I didn't try hard enough, or I wasn't good enough at XYZ, or I should have done better. 
when relationships shift and they weren't, sh- they're not shifting in ways that we anticipated they would shift, we often have negative thought patterns in terms of how we talk to ourselves. And so it might be that you have gotten to be on a bit of a loop as you're going through navigating a relationship shifting where you are feeling like a failure in some way and you are stuck in a thought pattern around that that's not serving you. And so it might be over the last few weeks or the last few months, but it's just showing up over and over again. That thought pattern, that thought loop is showing up over and over again. And you didn't even know it was there until I'm like now saying like, huh, have you noticed as you go through this hard thing that that negative thought pattern keeps on showing up? And you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, it does. And it's not serving me. So if that first step is just really recognizing that there are these negative thought patterns that have become your default. When we have negative thought patterns that become our default, that's going to really impact our self-worth, right? So the first thing you want to do is recognize like, holy cow, like, I don't want that to be my default. This isn't where where I want. Like if I found out that my child had a default thought pattern that looked or sounded like this, I would really want to help them fix it, heal it, change it, or shift it. So that's number one, is recognizing where that negative thought pattern has become a default thought pattern for you. So the second piece, second step is going to be acknowledging that the thoughts are no longer serving you. Acknowledging that like, huh, I have this thought pattern or this thought that keeps coming up and it is really not serving me. So I will say that there's been things that have come up during COVID as it relates to my business and having gone through like the whole, oh my goodness, I was going to say the renaissance, not the renaissance, having gone through the recession of 2008, 2009 and been through all that, there's times when I've gotten like on a loop and had thoughts around going through the pandemic with my business where I've been like, this isn't fair. I shouldn't have to do this again. I like, why do I have to keep on shifting and pivoting things? Why can't just like I build something and it can just keep going in the way that I originally built it and intended it to. So I can recognize at a certain point that those thought patterns are no longer serving me, right? They're just getting in the way of me moving forward or me adapting or shifting or pivoting. So sometimes it can be okay to like have those moments where something feels hard or frustrating and elicits emotion. That's absolutely okay and appropriate and natural and normal. And we should acknowledge those emotions. But when the thoughts stop serving you are when they get in the way of you growing or moving in the direction that you want to move or taking action or showing up in ways that create joy for you or showing up in ways that create growth for you. So acknowledging the thoughts that are no longer serving you and being like, oh, I see that this has become my default and oh, that is really not serving me and it's holding me back. And I want to let go of that now so that I can make space for a different thought and then make space for different outcomes ultimately, right? Because if we can make space for different thoughts, then we can make space for different outcomes. So if we can make space for different thoughts and have different outcomes, then our self-worth can start to shift because we start to feel this sense of power and control over, I can change things. I have that within me to, rather than waiting for the world to change for me, I can go out and change things on my own and change outcomes on my own and get results on my own. And that's a really powerful thought, right? Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. 
I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. So that second piece is acknowledging the thought that you're having these thoughts that are not serving you and being able to be recognized like, okay, it's time for a new thought. It's time for a new thought process. It's time for a new maybe belief system. I've actually worked with multiple clients where it's not just like a matter of a th- one or two thoughts. It's really like an entire new belief system and believing that you can do something different, build something different, exist in a different way, grow in a different way, become a different version of yourself, all those kinds of things. So that's number two. Number three, the third thing that you can do when you're struggling with your self-worth is to, after you've recognized that you have these negative thought patterns that have been become defaults, and then you acknowledge that they're no longer serving you, then you practice new thoughts. Now, notice the word practice, because practice is not like you try to say something to yourself one time, and then all of a sudden it's different. Practice is like repeatedly, intentionally, thoughtfully, many times over, you are going to practice having a new thought, practice thinking about something in a different way. So what I've had to do, and I've done this with so many of my business coaching clients over the last couple of years, is practice over and over. Like, yeah, things are hard right now. And I can create new things in hard times and I can show up and be successful in hard times and I am adaptable in hard times and I can build traction on new projects in hard times. So these are literal thoughts like I've had to practice and I've had to coach my coaching clients on practicing over the last couple of years in order to then shift thoughts in a new direction in order to have different outcomes. Because the alternative to those thoughts right now is to like just sit down and do nothing because the world is so overwhelming and that doesn't serve anyone, right? So let's talk about what does it look like? I want to give some examples here, like old thoughts versus new thoughts. So recognizing that you have a negative thought pattern, acknowledging that the thought is no longer serving you and then practicing a new thought. If we look at that in really concrete terms, with some specific examples, let's get it dialed into how can you actually replace a thought pattern. So an old thought might be, I don't know where I'm going or how I'm going to get there. And that is something probably all of us have said in the last couple of years. Like, I do not know which way is up. (laughs) So I don't know where I'm going. I don't know how I'm going to get there, which can be a really overwhelming thought if you're having that repeatedly. And especially if you're a breadwinner, especially if you are like trying to raise children while holding down a career, while surviving a pandemic, while the world is in upheaval. So what if your new thought was, the path isn't totally clear. Like you can acknowledge what's true in your new thought. The path isn't totally clear, but I can start to take small steps in the right direction. That could be one new thought. 
Another new thought could be, I've done hard things before, I can do this too. So instead of thinking over and over, I don't know where I'm going, I don't know how I'm going to get there, you can think the path isn't totally clear, but I can take small steps in the right direction. So you don't have to know where you're going to end up, but I'm just going to start to take small steps in the right direction. I have a business coaching or not a business coaching client, but a life coaching client right now who's looking at making a professional move. And she's been really overwhelmed between a couple different options and trying to figure out like which option makes the most sense. And it was this big, huge, like unclear path, like which way to go? Do I choose route A or route B? And we really started looking at instead of trying to make one big, huge decision, let's just start exploring one thing in each direction to get some clarity. And it's been really, really eye-opening for her. So she's acknowledged, like the path isn't totally clear, but I can take small steps down each of the potential paths to see like, oh, if I start going down this way, it could look like this. And if I start going down this other way, it could look like that. And now she's getting a much better sense of like, hmm, I wonder which way I should choose. I can now see like what outcomes could be in either direction. And it's starting to become more clear which one fits better right now. So another thought, the second thought that I gave as an example, instead of sitting in, I don't know where I'm going or how I'm going to get there, instead to give yourself the thought, I've done hard things before, I can do this too. So I know that when I didn't know two years ago, oh my goodness, and I had to shut down live events and shift offerings and do all sorts of things, I was very much like, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know how I'm going to get there. But I did really have to tap into like, I have done hard things before and I can do this too. And I really kept that with me. And I looked at past evidence and I looked at, remember when you did this in 2008, you can do this again. Remember when you started from nothing in 2003, you can do this again. Like, and I didn't have to start from nothing in 2020. But that sense of like, you have been in these hard positions before where you did had no idea the direction things were going to go or what the outcomes were going to be. You just kept showing up. So you can keep showing up right now. You've been here before. You can do this again. So that's one example. A second example, an old thought that might be a negative thought pattern that's become your default that you might want to acknowledge is no longer serving you might be, I am not good enough. So a new thought might be, I'm really good at a lot of things. And if you start thinking that through and you like can't think of things that you think you're good at, maybe you start to think about things that other people have told you they admire you for. So you might think, hmm, my child thinks I'm really good at reading stories and making chocolate chip cookies. My partner thinks I'm really good at, I don't know, skiing. <laughs> or my partner thinks I'm really good at like demonstrating love or writing notes. My mom thinks I'm really good at what does your mom or another significant relationship in your life think that you're good at? My boss thinks I'm really great at leading or communicating or being a good listener. So could your new thought be acknowledging either things that you think you're good at or things that other people have told you they recognize that you're good at? So my old thought, I'm not good enough. My new thought is I'm really good at a lot of things. And then the evidence is the things that other people in your life have told you they admire you for, or the things that you know that you're good at yourself. So when I think I'm not good enough at one thing, I might think, well, but I'm really good at being brave. Like I, that's very true. There's definitely times where I'm like, I'm really not good at a certain thing right now, but I'm good at being brave. I'm good at showing up. I'm good at, you know, standing up for what I believe in. I'm good at all these other things. I might not be good at the thing that I want to do right now, but I'm good at a whole lot of other things. And that is enough to help me show up in this hard moment right now. So let's look at a third one, a third example. 
I am not qualified. I'm not qualified to do X, Y, Z. So maybe there is something that you want to do. Maybe it's starting your own business. Maybe it's going for a promotion or asking for a raise. And you think, no, 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 I'm not qualified. The new thought could be, I am good at something else that's parallel or relevant. And I'm eager to learn how to get better at this thing that I'm not great at right now. I can figure this out. So I'm going to put this in the context of skiing because you know I love a good skiing story. So I'm not qualified to do a black run. So I can look at I'm not qualified to do a black run. I could get really down on myself about that. And then I could look at, okay, but I am good at learning new things. And I'm eager to learn how to get become a better skier so I can figure this out. Another example along those lines might be in the workplace. So you might think I'm not qualified to go for this promotion. The new thought could be, I'm really good at these other pieces of what's needed in this role. And I have a lot of respect in this company and I've been here a long time. I can ask for support. I can ask for guidance. I can go for it anyways. I can ask what would be needed for me to be qualified for this position or this role. So you can see where instead of just settling with I'm not qualified, which may be true, may be false, because sometimes we disqualify ourselves way prematurely, we can instead create a new framework around instead of assuming we're not qualified or settling into that, we can look at here are some other things that are true. I'm good at these other things that are related. I'm eager to learn. I'm a fast learner. Or I'm a good listener. Or I'm a great communicator or I'm great at researching or I have resources that can help me figure this out and I'm going to figure this out. So that's that third step, practicing new thoughts. And a lot of times practicing new thoughts really requires us to tap into what else is true asking ourselves what else is true right now. Glennon Doyle talks about what is true and what is beautiful, but it's this like other side of the negative thought is like, what else is true? We can get sucked into the negative thought. That's not going to serve us. So what else is true here that is actually productive and like gives us a little bit of purpose behind actually being able to move forward? Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky, wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. Mm. 
So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it. Number four. The fourth thing I want you to do after you've recognized the negative thought patterns that have become your default, after you've acknowledged that you have these thoughts that are no longer serving you, after you've been practicing your new thoughts, I want you to make a list of the things that you're good at. And you could actually do this as your first step too. Sometimes it can be helpful to do this after you've started to do some of the mindset work, but you could absolutely start here and you could have a running list that you just keep going all the time, but make a list of the things that you're good at and the ways that you do appreciate or respect yourself and your gifts. So you might make a list of, I'm really great at showing love, at making people feel special, at communicating, at skiing, at reading books, at telling jokes, at connecting, um, at spending quality time with people. It could be a whole host of things that could be, some of it could be skill-based, some of it could be relational, all sorts, some of it could be around parenting, all the things, right? So I want you to think about what you can identify. And then the other thing I want you to do that's going to be even more powerful is think about what are things that other people identify that you're good at? Because these are where we often have blind spots. And so there's going to be other people who are like, oh, you're so good. Maybe there's other people. I know for me, like the thing that comes up a lot are people will say, um, before I embrace this on my own, people would say, you're a really great leader. And I was like, oh, I don't know about that. And it took a lot of years of people telling me that I was just a natural leader for me to be like, Oh, I really am. And as soon as I started recognizing it and owning it myself, oh my gosh, like my opportunities to lead just increased tenfold. So what do other people acknowledge you for? And owning those things, putting those on your list for sure. If you are unsure with this, I'm going to give you a special challenge. And you can do this whether or not you're unsure. But this is a challenge that can be really eye-opening and so beneficial. So I did this a few years ago, and I actually talked about it on the show at the time that I did it. And I know a number of people who've listened to the show forever have done this as well. And I've had clients do this, and it's always really powerful when clients do it. And sometimes I'll have clients do it in groups. Like I'll have a group of clients, I'll do it at the same time, which can be really fun. So maybe if you want to do it, a few friends do it with you at the same time, and then you can support each other in it. So you can go to social media and put up a super simple post that says, what are three words you would use to describe me? And you can even say, hey, I'm working on a project for my coach gave me an assignment. She wants, and you can tag me in it, like literally tag me. I love it when people tag me in these posts. So if we are connected on social media, you can absolutely tag me in this. Say, hey, my coach, my coach, Sarah, or my coach of the Shameless Mom Academy, or if you want to identify me, gave me an assignment to, and wants me to ask you all, what are three words you would use to describe me? And then you hit post and you walk away for like a couple hours. And you will feel very naked and vulnerable and exposed when you walk away. And then you come back and all these people will have posted these words. And they'll be like, brave, loving, funny, raw, relatable, authentic. Like all these words will start to come up. And you're going to be like, holy cow, I did not know that's how other people saw me. And as you read through these posts and these words, you will start to shift how you see yourself in a really powerful way. So I did this a couple of years ago as part of a challenge I was doing with some other people. And I took all the words and I put them, I downloaded them into an Excel 
spreadsheet. And then from there, I put them into a word cloud and you can get like free word cloud apps or free word cloud creators if you just Google like free word cloud. And you can upload your list of words into the word cloud and you can actually have a word cloud made for you. So like, let's say for me, a word that came up a lot was relatable. So if like 18 people said relatable and like seven people said funny and three people said authentic, then relatable would be like right in the middle of the word cloud. And then the words that were said less frequently kind of were smaller and a little bit removed from the center. So if you get enough words, you can do that, and which can be super cool to see. But even if you don't do the word cloud, if you just have this list of words that people say, what's really cool is you see words that are repeated and you're like, oh my gosh, like multiple people see me that way. But you also start to recognize like, holy cow, people think really great things of me. And are these the ways that I see myself as well? It's like this invitation to see yourself through a way brighter light. It can really, really amplify how you show up in the world without even trying. It's just how you show up as your most authentic self and how people see that in you. And it can be really, really affirming. So I highly recommend that you do this. It is definitely a vulnerable activity. So it's not something, you know, if you're feeling super fragile, like you might want to just work on making your own list of things that you are good at and maybe just ask a couple people, which is the other way you can do this, is just like text five or 10 friends and be like, hey, and you can do it on a group text or just independently. Hey, my coach gave me an assignment and wanted me to ask you what are three words you'd use to describe me. And you can do it more privately that way, which might be it's like a little bit less vulnerable than doing it up on social media. So that can be a really powerful way for you to have this reinforcement of your worth in terms of how other people see you. But I don't want this to be about how other people see you. I want it to be an invitation for you to see yourself the same way. So it's not just about like other people affirming you. I want it to really be permission for you to affirm yourself with those same words. So that's number four. And then number five, the fifth thing that you can do if you're struggling with your self-worth is to take on new challenges and adventures. And I know that's not what you want to hear. (laughs) So when you're struggling with self-worth, it can be really scary to take on new challenges and new adventures. And also these new challenges and new adventures can be the thing that changes you, even if it doesn't go the way you wanted. So there's definitely been new challenges and new adventures that I've taken on that didn't go the way I wanted. But I've learned like, holy cow, even though that did not end the way I wanted, I did something really uncomfortable and really hard and I'm really proud of myself. Often, if you stick with it, the things will go the way you want them to ultimately. And there is so much validation in that. And there can be such a huge identity shift. So the first time I ran a half marathon, it was the biggest challenge I'd ever taken on. Like every challenge I'd taken on before that was like, getting good grades. Like it was like something that I knew I could do if I tried hard enough because I only signed up for things that I knew I could do if I tried hard enough. And when I signed up for my first half marathon, I was really like I don't know if I can do this. This is very scary, very daunting for someone who grew up not doing anything athletic. Running 13.1 miles was like absolutely overwhelming and terrifying, but I will tell you, taking on that challenge and completing it changed how I saw my ability to take on challenges and complete them. And it changed everything in terms of how I decided to try new things that were big 
and break them into little chunks and do one little bit at a time because that's what training required me to do. It changed how I saw my ability to start from ground zero and not be sure if I could do something and stick with it until I figured it out. It changed my ability to take on projects related to things that I had historically not been good at. So to take up running and then run a half marathon as someone who had like never played a sport in her life, didn't feel like she was good at anything physical, that felt really scary. But it also then confirmed to me that you can do things that you have never been good at before and you can get good at them. You can figure out how to get good. And that's been huge in terms of like me being able to learn how to ski or me being able to build businesses is that I can start something and that I've never done before and trust that I'm going to be able to figure it out, that I'm going to have the tenacity to keep going when things get hard, that I'm going to trust that I can be resourceful and scrappy if things get tricky. All those things, all those lessons really, really carry over from one challenge to the next. So when new challenges present themselves, when they aren't by choice, so like a global pandemic, then I can carry into that scenario like, okay, you're really good at breaking things down into steps. You're really good at figuring things out when they're new and different. You're really good at adapting even when it's not by choice, all those kinds of things. And then that can validate self-worth in those moments when self-worth can get really faulty, when even me can get stuck in like defaulting to a negative thought pattern. So those are five steps that you can take if you're struggling with self-worth. So number one is recognizing where thought negative thought patterns have become your default, whether that's been like across your whole life or just in recent circumstances. Number two, acknowledging that these thought patterns are not serving you. Number three, practicing new thought patterns or new thoughts. Number four, making a list of the things that you're good at that you can self-identify and that others can help you identify. And then maybe taking on that little challenge of asking others, what are three words that you would use to describe me? And then number five is take on new challenges and adventures. So I want to know how this episode landed for you. If you decide to ask people to share three words that describe you, please, like I said, feel free to tag me. Because if you have the bravery to do that post and tag me, I already have three words for you. I promise you. So I would be so excited and honored to contribute to your list. If this resonated, please go ahead and let me know. If there is someone else who needs to hear this message today, who you know is struggling with their self-worth, please share this episode with them. Take a screenshot, text it to them, take a screenshot, share it on your social, tag me at Shameless Mom Academy. These conversations need to be shared because these are the ways that we can invite people into growth and we can invite people into feeling better about themselves in order to show up in their gifts, in order to show up in their strengths, and in order to show up in their power. And we are all here for that. So thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back with you in a couple days for a fantastic interview. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode 
episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be Shameless Mom of the Week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were, but the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom in Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health.